Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Hey guys, and welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. This week, Fred Armisen on Portlandia, SNL, Documentary Now, and what's going to be written on his tombstone? I'm Josh Horowitz, the host of this little show. Welcome aboard. Thanks for tuning in, guys, as always. Uh, as I said, this week's guest is a, he's a true comic genius. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm overstating it. I'm obsessed with uh, a bunch of his work over the years. Fred Armisen, of course, you know him from his, uh, I think it was at least 10 years at SNL. He was an amazing uh, part of that cast. And in recent years, he's uh, shifted his attention to some, some similarly amazing TV work, including Portlandia, which is now in its seventh season on IFC. I've watched the first four episodes. They are hysterical as always. Also, you guys, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a huge fan of Documentary Now, which he co-created. We talk a bit about that uh, and a whole lot more. He is, as you would expect, uh, both hilarious and thoughtful. Uh, Fred just turned the big 5-0, if you can believe it. And uh, we talk about his his plans for his death and his uh, funeral, which uh, may surprise you or may not, uh, but they are all uh, hysterical and amusing and um, thrilled to have Fred on. I never, frankly, sat down with him until he left the studio moments ago and he was, as advertised, um, super humble and uh, and just a good guy. So thrilled to start a beginning of a hopefully beautiful friendship with Mr. Fred Armisen. Uh, as you can hear, I am alone here uh, this week without Sammy. She is out of town, sadly. We'll have her back here uh, next week. Um, but uh, just to update you guys on my own little shenanigans, uh, you can check out on uh, MTV's various uh, social media platforms, et cetera, and on YouTube, uh, my shenanigans over at the Golden Globes. I assume many of you watched it. If you're like me, you're a pop culture nerd. Um, I got a chance to be on the carpet for the uh, for the uh, for the show, which was fun. Talked to um, I don't even know Ryan Reynolds and Tom Hiddleston and Diego Luna and Amy Adams, and all those interviews are up on our uh, YouTube page. Uh, and then. I- first time I got a seat in the show, which was insane. <laughs> How did they let me in? Uh, yes, it was in the back. <laughs> uh, no, they don't let me near the, the cool people. But it was still amazing. Honestly, it really was to be in that room um, when um, Meryl obviously gave that amazing speech, which uh, was a real moment. Um, and uh, and just to see kind of like wander around, saw a lot of uh, familiar folks to the podcast, um, ran into uh, Hiddleston literally as he was walking off stage after he had accepted his award, gave him a big hug for that, saw Aaron Taylor Johnson um, right as he came off stage. And obviously he was as shocked, I think, as anybody that he won that award, but so happy for him, uh, as you heard from that podcast, a good guy and a great performance in Nocturnal Animals. So um, coming off that crazy awards high, back to business here in NYC with a lot of cool podcasts coming up. And uh, in the weeks ahead, I'll also be visiting the Sundance Film Festival, uh, reporting back uh, to you guys with some cool interviews there. So a lot of good stuff ahead in the weeks ahead. But uh, right now in your future is uh, the great Fred Armisen. Check out Portlandia if you don't already you don't know what good comedy is uh, and enjoy this conversation with good old Fred I'm 
I am very pleased to be joined by the one and only Mr. Fred Armisen. Hi there. How's it going? I'm doing very well. Do we call you – do you go by comedic genius, just genius, <laughs> comedy legend? What do you – What do you? what's your proper – I think doctor. Doctor? <laughs> Did you get your PhD? Yeah. Dr. Little Armisen. <laughs> <laughs> did your parents want you to be a doctor? Uh, yeah, my mom kind of did. Um, I, I, I guess that's what every parent wants. It's a dream of their, their kid in scrubs. and it, It's so weird that that's such a common thing that mm. parents want because um, although I know it's lucrative, it's just such a specific specialty that right. I, I, I don't understand why that particular particularly is like the, the well, ideal. You're saving lives and making good money. True. True. Uh, it, it requires a lot of education. You've got you, – you really answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else for me? We can turn the tables That's pretty on good. <laughs> That's pretty good. I guess it is – there's something utopian about it. Yes. There you go. Um, well, neither of us have um, PhDs yet. I mean our lives no. are not – we're half over basically. We're not done. Yeah. We, there's plenty of time for that. Maybe there's a day where it's easier to get a PhD. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good – maybe that's – we shouldn't be rooting for that though, Fred, should we? Shouldn't we? Well, I feel I mean, I didn't us say, personally. I didn't say my, my reason why. Okay. I didn't say that the standards Sorry. would be lowered. I would say that because uh, if we take in enough, uh, I have to say, I'd say vitamins, maybe our brains will expand to, in such a way right. that it will be easier for us, us two, right. to get of PhD. Minimal That's what I meant. Intelligence. No, I got it. I, I got did it. not want to lower anything. Are you, are you – do you feel like you're getting smarter? Do you feel like your brain is expanding? Um – I feel like I get more uh, wisdom, but at the same time, I feel like the more that I learn, the more that I realize I don't know. So right. I, I don't know that uh, I'm getting sm- smarter, really. Um, we are – there's several moments in pop culture and, and the world going on right now that we should touch on. We just – we escaped the holidays. We all survived the, uh, the new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a birthday recently. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I hit 40 last year. You just hit 50. Yeah. We're both hitting milestones. Yeah. Was it a big one for you? Did 50, be- yeah. Uh, it was great. I celebrated at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Amazing. And everyone got me a, a grave oh. um, near Johnny Ramone. So I was <laughs> – it was a real surprise. I was really happy about it. And um, so, what's at the grave right now? Is there is there a tombstone right now? Is it waiting for you? Is it no, just no, it's 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 blank, which is really weird because I, I, you always figure like, how is it that they, um, you know, figure out who's going like who's getting the spot? Yeah, but somehow they do it. It's They're like the same of, person that like figures out who's sitting at what table at the Golden Globes. Yeah, like, they like have to. That's that's a tough decision to figure. It must out. be hard. Yeah, but they somehow had this space and and they got it for me and. I'm really glad. It's also a favor to everyone else, so that everyone knows what my plans are. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I had a, I had a friend uh, die maybe three years ago or something, and he was in such a bad state that he had no family or anything. No one, not all he had was his friends. He no, we did not know what to do. Right. He, we were just like we all had to talk to each other. Like, what, what would he have wanted? So all that emergency stuff. Now everyone knows. Now we know which happen. cemetery to go to and yeah. where and where the tombstone's going to be. What's going to read on the tombstone? In buried three- alive six six six. I'm not kidding. What? Buried alive six six six. I I want my funeral and my death to be haunting and scary. I think there's too much celebration of death and and like it's too happy. Right. And I want it to be a terrifying experience. I want it to be – I want people to go to my funeral and go like that was horrifying and I feel haunted. Yeah. I, w- I want 
because also that song, you know, that dun, you know, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Right. Th- that is the funeral song. That's what should be played at funerals. You want that go- blaring as the coffin is being Absolutely. lowered. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you want a, a scream from the coffin like maybe he is actually in there. Maybe he's still in there. Even better. Missing body. <laughs> so I want uh, – because I want to do the, the sort of hexagonal coffin that yeah. looks like a coffin. Yeah. And I do – by the way, this is all real. No, I believe you. Um, like, and sense- I want to hire an actor – to sort of sort of hunchback mm. to sort of tell everyone like the body is missing. <laughs> I mm. I am so I mean I'm so bummed that I'm not going to be there for it. Although maybe maybe you will. I will. Yeah, that's, maybe I will. That's the upside. Uh, do you think about death often? Has this been a, a, something you've thought about? I mean, it's clearly you thought about it recently. Yeah, I think more about um, funerals and and yeah. the. the the sort of the the traditions that have happened in, in at funerals, but right. like or, or ceremony, but I don't really think about death because I do believe in that in that sort of like we're not going to know when it happens, you right. know, or we won't be there for it. So it's like it doesn't, it almost why, doesn't exist. Why but, waste your time? Yeah, worrying about it, about the afterlife or whatever. My hope is that I can haunt at a proper haunted house. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna find a haunted house, a nice Victorian mansion. Yeah. What, what's your, what's gonna be your haunting methods? Are you like just the, the standard like ooh kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, like, super, super standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super not har- so Not don't like, reinvent the wheel, guys. What I mean, we know it why? works. We know like that's you know there are certain things in life that are set. Mm. Just do that. It, you'll make it easier on yourself. So just the sort of cobwebs, yeah. candlelight kind of thing. Not no blood, nothing like that. No like mirrors. Right. Just simple. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, speaking of which, did you watch the Golden Globes? I did. Yeah. I loved it. Do you enjoy award shows? I really do. Yeah? Because um, I feel like it's part of the entertainment industry. I am in love with the entertainment industry. I like all all of what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it looks like it. And I like knowing everybody there. Or a lot of the people sure. there, and like when I was a kid, I remember thinking, I wonder if they all know each other, and then that's that's what happened. And I thought Jimmy was great. Yeah, and the opening was amazing. The opening was amazing, and um, I just really, yeah, I loved it. I Do mean, you? So when you watched the opening, and I, as I recall, I was I was out there covering it for us, and I and I got to sit through it for the first time, which was amazing to uh-huh. be in that room. It's a, I mean, it's a, it, as you say, like you kind of go back to like. That that kid state where it's like, oh, this is this is showbiz with a capital S. This is like exactly right. That's what I mean. Like yeah. you picture yourself as a kid, like going in there and like that. That that's what it looks like. Yeah. that's what those cameras look like. That's what those suits look like. It's so cool. So yeah. the, the the first few moments though, I think his prompter went out. Yeah. Um. Does do you you must have experienced that at some point? Has there ever has that ever happened with you? Like a, SNL was such a well oiled machine. No, but still stuff happens. That's and, the fun of it is that it's live. Yeah. To me, when it, when I watched it happen on the Golden Globe, it felt like it was just a second. Right. Like to me, That's it didn't like, seem yeah, like yeah. a long time. I was like – because we don't see the teleprompter not working. We actually see him out there and he's already out on stage and Right. If he had great. never mentioned it. He would never mentioned yeah. it. I, to me, I would have been like, wow, he's just being really loose. Right. Um, if that – I mean it was pretty seamless. So um, yeah, it just seemed like it was just a flash of – you know, it's, it's. I think it's kind of exciting. Yeah. 
Well, has, has that – I mean, can you recall a moment where – I mean, do they ever screw up a cue card on SNL? It feels like – Because it's old school. It's handwritten cue cards. Like that's it's what you guys have, Yeah. Right? So that, that's so that there's less we're, – we're depending on technology less. Sure. If there's something very it, – it's actually a, a little more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't recall anything specifically – but just a lot of little things, and that actually falls more to me, where I sort of read something wrong, mm. skipped over a word, and right. things like that happen all the time. But part of you, as you were saying, almost enjoys that kind of like yeah, it, you it off should a be, bit. it should feel a little like it's happening in the moment and a little yeah, rough. a little rough. Because also when I used to watch SNL, I liked it. I liked that sort of seeing it just you know once in a while, like a little little yeah. something happen. So so let's talk about your uh, your baby here, Portlandia, entering now entered its seventh season. I'm, yeah. I'm such a huge fan of this one. You found such a great home uh, at IFC between this show and Documentary Now, which is also like arguably my favorite show on TV. Oh, you're I'm so nice. Obsessed. Um, so seven seasons in, this is remarkable. You know how the, how tough that is. I mean, like how insane it is, and for something that, especially at the start, felt like you know, like all of your stuff in the best possible way, weird and a little off and like not, you know, down the middle, whatever. Um, the fact that you're still going strong and you still have seemingly complete autonomy, I would guess, pretty much. Yeah. I feel lucky every day. Yeah. I, it's never lost on me. I do not take it for granted. It's insane. Also, you know, I'll see p- people I know or just I'll read about some show that only went for two seasons or three seasons or whatever and – I can't believe it, you know. And also, good for them. I'm saying, I, I just yeah. mean, it's not easy right. to keep a show going. It's not, oh, great, you have a show? Wonderful. It's very, it's a rare thing, and I, I can't believe it. I mean, seven, you know, that those first five seasons of SNL it was, it was already such a library of comedy that um, I, I can't believe it. It's incredible that I get to do it with Carrie. Yeah. It's bananas. I, I, I still can't believe it. And documentary now, same thing. That was supposed to be what felt like a sort of side project. Right. That was like a sort of. We'll talk about something so. Well, we can talk about that briefly and then get back to Portlandia, but like something so specific and seemingly like such a narrow lane documentary now. But I think it's like its specificity is kind of what makes it genius. Like, and. Whether you know the documentaries it's referencing or not, I mean, I am a like I, I love that stuff. Like mm-hmm. this past season, the the war room spoof, the bunker is just mm-hmm. like genius. We have, oh, thanks, buddy. We had Mulaney in here. I'm I'm obsessed with both. I could watch I could, I could watch Hater do his uh, James Carville like till the end of time. I think it is so inspired and yeah. uh, God, Bill is. I don't need to explain to you. But Bill is <laughs> Let me just, tell you, it's Bill very is special a kind of guy. such a special kind of genius. You yeah. know. Uh, just uh, really gets into doing things. He, and, and when he does Carvel, yeah, it's fantastic. And uh, you got such acclaim and justifiably so for the Juan likes uh, rice and chicken oh, e- episode, which uh, I mean, uh, again, when I was talking to Mulaney about it, it's like I think they, they that almost functions as a drama. That that's I mean, it's comedic. It's very funny. Yeah. But like it's shot so beautifully. It's like you went on location. It's like it almost functions on another level. Um, did that? Do you enjoy kind of going on location for these kind of things and kind of like it seems like there's decent resources. Like this is like I, someone's putting in some money or you're making good use of money on it IFC. Goes, mm, yes and no. Like it's not a huge budget and it seems to just pretty much going to travel. Right. Um, we shot in Iceland the season before that. So I think it mostly goes there. And we only do six or seven episodes or something. We saved a little bit where Bill – 
doesn't want to travel. Um, Does he have anxiety about it, or he just says he has he, kids and he, he doesn't has, want he to? He has a family, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and um, so there's no argument about it. He's just like, right. is there any way we could do it where I don't have to go to Iceland? For me, it's easy, yeah. you know. And also, like I, I think I like traveling. I think I like going to places for work. Yeah, I'm not a very good traveler if it's for leisure. So to have an excuse to go to Colombia, I'll take it. It seems like in, in reading about you, you are a guy that like does better with a lot on your plate or yeah. multiple plates. Like, are you not good with downtime? No, not at all. I get very nervous. Um, I really like to for it to be a jumble of of activity. I, I think I've just worked better that way. Yeah. Do the more th- projects I have going, the better that each project is. So, and is was that part of the rationale for 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 instance taking on the job over at Seth? Like the, again, that, same for, thing. It, that seemed like in some ways it was like inspired and amazing. Like oh my god, he's doing that. And I remember having the same reaction. Like also being like, how's he going to do that? Like I mean, I know he wants. I'm sure he wants to wants to do yeah. Andy and these other things. And clearly they're giving you some flexibility, which is great. Yeah. But again, part of the rationale is like, oh, I get to be with Seth and be with these guys and have a home and. And I get to play musicians. I get and, to play the drums, yeah. and then also it keeps me at NBC. So I get to go there. I get to see Lauren. Right. I get to see everyone at SNL. It just keeps me in that building, and also in New York, yeah, to an extent too, because Portland is in Portland, and Documentary Now is wherever. This is Happy Sack Confused. We'll be right back after this. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Can we talk a little bit about the, the process on Portlandia? I'm just curious from like a production and creative standpoint. Like it seems – I would think like every year this is something you look forward to, kind of like this pocket in time of yes. when you and Carrie can get together and just yeah. create crazy, amazing shit. Yeah. Um, so how long is the writing process? Do you guys bring ideas for the upcoming season into that writer's room when you kind of get together? Yeah. There are – Five or six of us, um, Jonathan Kreisel is the director as well, or Carrie directed some episodes too. But Carrie, uh, John, myself, Graham Wagner, uh, Carrie Dornetto, Karen Kilgariff, uh, Megan Neuringer, and we all get together. And it's very traditional. There's like a table, a board, people taking notes, and we just start talking about – we actually look at our phones because all our notes are there. Mm-hmm. And I, I noticed – Blank, I you know I noticed this. I noticed that. Right. I don't mean blank that there's no. I'm saying yeah, there'll be something written. <laughs> yeah, I, got it, I got noticed um, that uh, people have been wearing this kind of vest this year or whatever. Right. Um, and we just start throwing it all together, and it is it's fun, but it's work. We definitely try to figure out how we can turn it into a sketch. Has someone done it already? Is this going to be dated right away? Right. Is all that stuff we start trying to turn it into a story. So and how- then something crazy will happen where we'll say, well, what do you want for lunch? Well, let's get um, ramen. Let's get noodles. And then I remember Graham was like, you know what's weird about noodles? All it is is like you're trying to figure out a way for it not to whip soup at you. 
And then right there, we were like, why don't we do a, a, an episode that's like a noodle monster that just whips soup at people? <laughs> um, by the way, that sounds like a story I would have told a thousand times, but it's not. This is the first time I've told that story. <laughs> that's but that, exclusive for Happy Second yes. listeners. Thank you, Fred. Um, but it's that kind of th- – yeah. that happens as well. And I'm sure it happens on every show. But it, it's a balance of yeah. our notes and what's coming. And then sometimes it's just a sound or like an idea or an experience – Every time I go to a hotel, it seems like they over-explain everything. Right. The amazing uh, sketch with Vanessa that you have in this season that yeah. I just loved immediately, yeah. Yeah. Carrie directed that one. And that with that one is just from experience of yeah. like, I just <laughs> – Just get me in my room. Let me, I just, just want <laughs> I just want to go to the bathroom. That's all I want. But no, here's – this is how the light switch works. This it, is, have you ever had a duvet before? Have you – this is – A hundred percent. That has happened to me. <laughs> Especially with light switches and also the temperature and right. Do you think? Do I look slow in some way? I mean, am I? What am I exuding? Some kind of issue? If there's a problem, I will certainly call down. But I think I know how arrows work. Well, then you need to know how to use the phone. Though. Oh, that... the phone! It's just endless. <laughs> I'm already getting annoyed thinking about. It. Sorry. Same sorry. thing with room service too. It's the same thing. Where yeah. they're just, can I un? You know unwrap this, unwrap that. I'm it's like, kind of the whole experience, especially if you're, frankly, in a nicer hotel, it's like treating you like a child. Like, yes. Like, you know, like even ordering room service, like, can I, you, do you want water? Do you, do you need ice in your water? Do you, do you yes. what size of cup do you, do you want? Do you and that's a, a stranger you've got to deal with. It's a stranger <laughs> standing very close to you. Right. Holding your hand. Can I, can I pour it for you? And I'm like, I'm very much a grown man. <laughs> So how does something like – there's also kind of a uh, – I've been privileged to watch the first four episodes and there's a, a running motif of kind of like um, the, the, the bro culture versus kind of nerds. And like you know, we've yeah. been talking a lot in recent years about like the rise of nerd culture and how it's yeah. like it's a wonderful time to be alive for people like you and me with all due respect. I hope you take that as a compliment. I'm, no, I'm with you on that. Um, and that – do, do you have legitimate concerns that this time oh, is that's coming? Fading. Oh, don't, that's fading. Come on, seriously. I'm so sorry. Uh, hunks, I absolutely have a sense of humor now. They're more vulnerable. They are really in comedy. You just see them paired up with other comedians and paired up well. Yeah, they're really delivering, and they're you know they're built. They've got the, they really work out, and they're funny musical music fans. There are hunks who are just like, this is the playlist of the cool bands that I like. <laughs> we are what we've done is we've put ourselves into such a narrow lane that we've become. We're we're back to being nerds again, yeah. In in a very isolated way, because we've made all these rules for ourselves, and now we're like left out of the game. I feel like the, the embodiment of that, and I love him. It's like it's like you think of like The Rock. The Rock is like the coolest man on the like he can like he's a an, he's perfect an, example, right? A perfect example where there was a time where he was limited to his own corner of the room, and that is not the case. He could be in any comedy now, and not as the joke. No. It's very he, upsetting. When he's on it. SNL, he's great and it really works and he gets it. I mean, do hunks you, are intelligent. It's okay for hunks to be well-read. What do we do? What do we do? What, what, what happens next? I mean, you're fine. You, you found – you're okay. I'm still trying to find my niche, my friend. What do, what do us what – I No, there's – it's still we. <laughs> and maybe that's – the discussion we have to have is that what do we do and how do we have do... to become more of the hunks? Do we have to? I don't want to go more to the gym now. I, nor do I. <laughs> but they did it, right? They started reading books. So you tell me. Maybe we do. You know, maybe but genetics we do... are against us. It's not about like if I went to the gym for six hours a day, I'm not going to turn into a hunk. But they would have said the same thing about reading and doing comedy. Yeah. 
we have to step outside of ourselves. You think I'm happy about this? <laughs> this is called tough love. You know, we maybe we have to bleach our hair. I don't right, know. Right. But it's it's push-ups time. Did uh, what, what what's the nickname that your 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 character has on the on the show? You get like Scoot. Is that what he goes by? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, we came up with that on the day. <laughs> what um? Do you have any nicknames? I don't. I was uh, someone pointed out to me that on Wikipedia they gave me a, a nickname like oh. nicknames, and one of them was Army. I'm like, I do not have a nickname. <laughs> I'm called Freddy sometimes, right. but I no, I don't have a nickname. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. I just, just Josh, not even Joshua. Yeah. Um, but I feel like uh, when I think of Freds, traditionally, I don't think like I don't know your your image wouldn't come up. I wouldn't think of you as a Fred. Did do you feel like your name suits you? Growing up, did no, you want to no, be no. Fred? Did you want a different I picked, name? I picked the name. Oh, did you? Yeah, because my father and I were both named Ferry Dunn. Mm-hmm. It's a Persian name, and he was named Ferry Dunn. I was Ferry Dunn Junior. And then everyone called us Fred. Got it. In the United States. So he decided, he's like, look, everyone called me Fred. I'm calling myself Fred. Do you want to do the same? And I said, yeah. Okay. So we, we chose the name Fred. I agree. It doesn't quite fit. I could have, I should have thought ahead and just kept the name and have been super cool. Yeah. It's not too late. You can reinvent. Uh, on the, I could. On the other hand, would it be too cool? Too, too cool to like. Like, of course, I've got this like crazy name. It's like better to like. Balance it out a little. Well, bit. your your idol, the you know the artist Prince, did it a couple times. He kind of kept reinventing, and yeah, that was brilliant. I'm gonna miss that yeah. because now, because that is something I took for granted. I was like, oh, he's being crazy, but how awesome was it's that? Genius! It was amazing. He's like, <laughs> I don't, I am not that person anymore. I'm a symbol. I'm a symbol. <laughs> I remember when that happened. You you obviously remember when that happened. Oh, yeah. That was mind blowing. Mind blowing. <laughs> Also, no one's doing it. I'm like, that is something that has to happen more often. Yeah, you would think. A symbol. By the way, a symbol. I would think, yeah, by now, like, Kanye would be, like, ampersand or something. Like, if he was a smart guy by now, come on. Oh, my God, I'm going to miss that. (laughs) A symbol. You, what symbol would you be if you could change your uh, name to any symbol? Maybe, like, that yin-yang with the, uh, but crossed out. Okay. (laughs) There's a band called No Means No who used that as their logo. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so aggressive and funny. <laughs> you uh, you mentioned that uh, Carrie got to direct a couple episodes. You directed an episode too, I believe, yes? I did, but she really directed. What does that she, mean? Meaning she is a real you phoned visual. I just, you know, I I just trying to want to make a show that is where everything works out well. <laughs> like I was just like, I just want to make an the episode of Portlandia that is just like the sweetest one. Right. Just like pure just chocolate <laughs> but she is actually she's very visual mm. and she it, she's made to direct like it was it suited her so well because she's very direct I don't think I'm as direct you think it's about what so meaning, so she yeah. she'll she really and that's her personality she just states it and it happens right can you do it more like this can you I'm always so worried about what people think. I'm right. like, hey, maybe I just say maybe. I say, what do you? What would you think if? Which is really not productive. Right. And taking every suggestion from an actor. No, sometimes you have to. You have to be tough and say, you know it's what? It's economical to actually be direct. Right. You save time. Without okay, so you've worked with all manner of directors in your career, yeah. your illustrious career. Without naming names, what's the worst directing kind of experience? What's the worst kind of director you've worked with? Uh, Can you think of a specific? That's instance? a really good question. 
There are directors who are clearly afraid. There are directors who are pretend to be indulgent. So they will talk a lot. And I'm like, I think he doesn't know what's happening. Right. Um, and who do waste time. I'm like, this. so it's, it's the ones who have let everything run, out, run amok that it's just, as far as economics go, is a waste of time. Yeah. So this is— And also yelling does not help. Right. I feel like you're not a yeller. Oh, not at all. But I've seen that where I'm like, you're making everyone afraid. Yeah. The, uh, this is the seventh season. You've already said that the eighth will be the last, yes? Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I think, so. think so. You know, Carrie and I had this idea that we should definitely have an end point so we have some control over it. I'm, I'm also a fan of, like, you never know. Sure. Because, you, I don't know, all the, so many, like, last albums, so many, like, last Farewell tours, tours exactly. and then all of a sudden <laughs> there they are again. So I'm, I'm trying to, like, shy away from it. Sure. But the more I talk about it, the more it keeps happening. So eventually I'm sort of shrugging going, okay, great. It, it, it was an idea, mm-hmm. but now I think because of contracts and stuff, they have, to, they have to really sort of nail it down. Nail it down and go. So have you started to think about what you're going to fill that kind of hole <laughs> with once Portlandia is out of your yearly ritual, which is obviously such an important part of your creative and personal life every year? Oh, I'll do an, another show for sure. Yeah. Oh yes, well, that's already. I years ago I was I was trying to start getting that together, but I you know no matter what I want to be working on another show, so it'll have to be start at the beginning again. Sure. But that's the fun of it. Can you say anything about what kind of show? What's the what's the dream? What's that? What kind of I format have, is it? I have two ideas. One is based uh, in the city of Mexico City, um, and linked to Los Angeles. And the other, which I might mix these two ideas together, is a show where it's all purposefully there are no stakes, all positive. Mm -hmm. I'm just so tired of going into the writer's room and thinking like, (laughs) but what's the challenge? I'm like, let's do something where – What's the obstacle? What's the journey? What's yeah. the and I'm like, change? Because I'm not good at coming up with those things, I'm like, well, I don't want to anymore. Yeah. and by the way, that doesn't really happen on Portlandia. I'm just saying, like in general, like this sort of, we've got to make you know, what's the challenge? Enough. Yeah. There's enough of that out there. So, it, so those are two things that I want to do. No, is there a reason? In looking at like sort of like the films you've you've popped up in and TV shows over the year years, like correct me if I'm wrong, you haven't really been like the guy, the lead in a yeah. movie of your own. Yeah, that's not for me. That's not my role. I mean, is that was that was that is that an aspiration? I mean, like you know, I'm sure there could be some level of opportunity if there was, to if do there that. was a, a Mike Myers version of it. Um, oh, sure, you mean I, in terms of having some control and, and steering. Yeah, it the way and, he's done it, where he plays a character when he's done it. Yeah. Um, but film and television have changed so much that I've kind of been, in my own way, able to do what Mike Myers has done on this scale. Yes, um, you know playing characters and stuff. So um but as far as me being me, I I I just do not d- diminish the idea of being on a television show. So sure. to me, I'm like this is it's almost delusional right. and it's sort of but the reality is that television I think is huge and the amount of people that it reaches everywhere I go to me is is its own sort of lead, leading character. Yeah. 
There's more Happy, Sad, Confused coming up after this break. I know you've talked at length in a, a number of podcasts, et cetera, about sort of like your career leading up to, to SNL. And for those, uh, you know, I don't want to rehash everything, but like, you know, obviously had a, musical aspirations as a drummer yeah. and spent a whole kind of like another life before you even got to SNL. Yeah. And but what intrigued me about that is like, again, I think you were about, what, 35 probably? When 34 you... on my, yeah, but then turning 35 on that first year. Which is interesting because like that's yeah. not the usual no. kind of person that comes no. to SNL. Like no. where were you at? I mean, I, I did the math for it. Like, I sort of looked at other cast members to be like, who am I? And Phil Hartman, I think, started at 37 right. or something. So I just— And he had a whole other career, too. Wasn't he, he, like, advertising or whatever, Yeah, right? graphic design. Right, right. So I I took that into consideration, but that's just how it, it unfolded for me and lucky for me, yeah. you know? Um, but I'm sorry, what was your question? No, I no, I, I, just, I, I guess it really wasn't a fully formed question except that I find it curious and interesting. And, and, and I guess you kind of answered in that like it was for the best, you think. Like you were in the right space in terms oh, of where you were. I could never question it. Yeah. I mean that's – it worked out so well. It is literally – that was and is – those are my, my dreams coming true. So whatever it took for me to get there, I'll take it. Did you, did you ever have like okay, – I mean so, and also – and it still continues to happen. I think Bobby was maybe 33. Right, right. And Leslie. Leslie, of course, sure. Yeah, yeah. And Leslie is hugely famous. Yeah. No one questions her age. No one goes like, well, but. But you only started when you were 40, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you know, as soon as she hits the screen, people cheer. Yeah. And, you know, so. Did, um, and, and I. You know, again, you can't always trust Wikipedia, but according to Wikipedia, I think you like have appeared in 800 plus sketches, like a second yeah. only to, to Keenan over the years. Like yeah. you, you were really like, you know, and I don't need to like enumerate all the different kind of memorable characters, but you were really an amazing kind of utility player that I felt – it feels like everybody felt like they could use you as an asset in virtually any kind of a sketch. Did it, did it feel like from the get-go that you were – you had found a niche and that you were being utilized and you were like, okay, this this fits. Because, you know, the stories are famous of like many talented people that were at SNL and just never found their groove and never found the right whatever. For no, you, it, was, it was the right fit. Yeah. It was like I got along with the writers. I loved being in sketches. I didn't care what I did in them. I also didn't mind not being in sketches. I loved being there, watching people be great. Yeah. Um, it was all very fortunate. I had a really great time at SNL, super lucky, and those relationships are still thrive today. And, yeah, I got to be in all these sketches. It was awesome. Did you ever have dreams every week when, like, a the guest star would come in that you would emerge out of that week being best friends with the, the host? And go, oh, like, oh, I think I'm going to probably click with this. We're probably going to be lifelong friends. As a matter of fact, I would say yes. Not everybody, but once in a while, it would happen. And then, sure enough, we, we would stay in touch. Really? I think I would say Jack Black is one of those people mm. who um, just also, you know, getting to bump into him at different things. But he was one of those people that I thought, oh, I'd like to, to get to know this person more and then and then did. Did – um. Did any did you ever like use as a basis? I would think most comedians do like a, a friend or family member for certain characters. And I guess my question: Oh would, yes, did did you ever piss anybody off when they learned that they were being utilized in that way? Did, oh no, that never happened. They all took it as a compliment. And, yes, in the, in the spirit it was intended. Yeah, my grandmother used to say, 
Ay, Dios mío. For my, the first right. character I did. Did you, did you have a favorite obscure impression that you did or obscure character? Because I, I always like kind of the more specific bizarre ones. I mean, it's fun to do like an Obama, but it's in some ways it's more rewarding and exciting to kind of do the Yeah, there's a the couple. Fringe. Um, I would say the couple weird ones was for some reason I enjoyed – it was one sketch – I don't know if anyone ever saw it, but for one sketch, I got to be David Lee Roth. Okay. <laughs> and I enjoyed that. Gene Simmons, I was a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I just really enjoyed that. So, um, and then Robert Durst, but that then turned out to be something for, for uh, Kimmy Schmidt, Schmidt and yeah. stuff. But uh, <laughs> at the time, he wasn't as famous as he is now. Did you, um, did you, do you have, dramatic aspirations. I mean, no. Really? I just want to do, like, my lot in life is to do comedy and to do this. I'm good. But I'm surprised, like... I mean, I, that said... If, like, Martin Scorsese there, or P.T. Anderson say, like, oh, you'd be fun for a couple scenes in Inherent Vice 2. Right, but they would have hired me because they wanted some sort of comedic angle. So Martin Short in yes. Inherent Vice yeah. is like, yes, it's a drama, but you He's could the, feel yeah, yeah. Martin Short... He's a. I think of Martin Short as an example of a way I'd like my career to go. In that he can do it all. He can do Broadway. He can. Yes. And he personally is happy with what he does. So he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He's like, this is what I do. I love it. And it's infectious when you see him on like a talk show or you something. You can feel like, it. He's, he's enjoying it. Yeah. You know, he doesn't take it so seriously that is he, he doesn't seem to be needy. He just loves doing it. Do you think that's kind of like the, the the old myth of like the tortured kind of comedian is indeed that, or have you, is that are you the exception to the rule? That... I, I've seen examples of both. I, I know other people also who are like having a great time. Yeah, I think Steve Martin really enjoys his life, and so there there are examples of both. And also, there's no right or wrong. It's just sure. people appreciate it or they or they don't. So growing up, I know like it's, it seems like music was your first love, right? Growing up, that was yes well, or no. Yes, but also, I mean, I always loved comedy. I always watched Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I always loved comedians. I always loved Andy Kaufman and SCTV and Kids in the Hall. So it was always it was it was always mixed up for me. And I also loved Devo and David Byrne, who used comedy in their own way. Mm-hmm. So it was always a mix. What about film? Were you a big film guy growing up? Not that much, a little. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, I liked like the Terry Gilliam movies and stuff yeah. like that. But I'm not one of those people who was like, movies changed my life. Got it. Television changed my life. But what? Move, like, I love movies like everybody. But sure. I am not one of the, I am not, I, I don't have like a long, I don't have like a lecture on what was. Right, right, right. You know. So what, uh, you, you could talk at length about in fact, Monty Python. In fact, I think all films are very poorly made. <laughs> Oh. They're all very poorly There's made. There's our, our poll quote. There's your poll quote. <laughs> There's our breaking news. The lighting is off oh, in that's all a movies. Very, Fred, that's a very kind of broad statement. Watch all movies again. All movies. Watch them and you'll see what I mean. The lighting is off. That doesn't make any sense because you're saying you're – oh, Not in every scene, but the lighting is off in some scenes. A little – you'll see. What am, okay. I'm not even sure what I'm looking for. I'm just – Look for the lighting of uh, backdrops. Okay. Uh, some of car lighting when they do the oh sure when they're driving by it yeah. doesn't match the yeah. like speed of what the car should be going yeah and that takes you out of it huh immediately yeah. I have walked out of 
don't, 100 movies? That, as soon as I see the speed dot match, I'm like, look, if you're not going to match that up, I don't need to be here. Huh. That's, that's not very pleasant for you. Sound editing is sometimes off. You know you've seen it. No, I'm not noticing. You know you've look again or listen for it. Also, when extras are talking, you don't hear them. I'm like, I want to be hearing every extra. <laughs> Why are they talking if I don't hear them? Do you encourage your extras to be vocal uh, in Portlandia? Always. Try I and say, drown me out if you drown can. Drown me out. <laughs> so uh, what can we look forward to in the next, Pat? There are probably six more episodes that I haven't seen in Portlandia this season. Um, some regulars returning, some new folks. Like, how do you get your – do your guest stars, are they mostly folks that you know or do – Yeah, although it's become blurry. We're like – there are people I text and I say come up and to Portland. And there are some that are just through agents, like the regular channels of can you get so-and-so and then it happens. What was the biggest kind of leap of faith? Like just like could we get them and then bizarrely they came through? Uh, I'd say Claire Danes. She's great in her yeah, episode. That yeah, that was yeah, a very fun. like – we were like, she's got to be busy. Because <laughs> you, you have to fly up to Portland, which is not, you know, Yeah, and so. they don't shoot Homeland in a week. No. <laughs> That's an intense show. So that was a little bit of like, oh, this is happening. Laurie Metcalf, I found also, was like, that was through agents and stuff. And that was another one. I think she had just been nominated for a bunch of Emmys. I was yeah. like, this is not going to happen. She's so good. She's and always, yeah. She was right there. So is, um, when, whose idea was Kyle in the first place? Kyle McLaughlin. That was... Jonathan, our director, yeah, who said we sh- we need someone like Kyle McLaughlin. We were sitting in the office. This is for our pilot. I'm like, we need like someone like Kyle McLaughlin. And then we were just like, we're in Los Angeles. Don't we make a phone call that says, can you find? <laughs> and he showed up. He turned up, came in for a, a meeting or whatever, and there it was. Has and he... and he's, God, he's great. Yeah. Has he given you any hints about uh, Twin Peaks? Do you have any dirt? On the new season? No. But I don't think there's any, like, dirt, dirt anyway. I like, guess there's not. It's not like I'm looking for plot. I just want I just right, want, I just want I, to bathe in 18 hours of David Lynch. Like, right. You know? <laughs> I think all of that is um, a, a little bit like um, – I think all of that is, like, pretty open. Yeah. Really. I think – because Kyle's very open. He's mm. very sort of – he likes talking about it. He's not like, I'm not going to say anything. Sure. Um, I auditioned for it. Did you really? Yeah, I did not get it. What? But it was a great audition because all it was was they said – they asked me, what do you dream about? Of course they did. That's so great. <laughs> That's what I want a Twin Peaks audition That's, to be like. I'm like – You got what you needed. Absolutely. It was great. Was there a dwarf in the room? Uh, <laughs> maybe behind a curtain. I've been re-watching Twin Peaks. Yeah. It's been a while for me, but it's – I mean, it's genius. The first season in particular. Yeah. It's really, it's really great. It's shocking that it got made. Yeah, and apparently it was on. It was uh, well, not apparently it was on ABC. It was on a major network, and like it would never happen. It's crazy. <laughs> Even the opening credits, it's like this green light. Yeah, for the title is just and that uh, that score, Angelo. Oh. What the, I can't pronounce his last name, Baldomenti or something. Amazing, right? Incredible. Um, so do, do you? Was David there for the audition? No, no. There was someone, but it was. Still a worthwhile. Great, great, great experience. What did you answer when they asked? So now we know the wrong answer, unfortunately. My, real, my real answer was that I don't dream. I don't know what it is if I don't remember or something like that. But I was just trying to be honest sure. without being like, well, actually, I was like, let me just – I don't remember my dreams. And you just like walked out of the room? 
I said, none of your business. <laughs> Slam the door. I was like, none of your business. If David wants me, he knows where to find me. I should have said something really phony like, getting this job. <laughs> really? I think about getting this job. Oh, that'd be so lame. Do you uh, do you still go out for auditions if it's like a project like that, like where it's worth like once in a while? Yeah. If, if it's exactly like if it's a project like that. Other than that, no. Feels like you're busy enough. You don't need. I'm to. busy enough. Or, or when someone wants me to do something, they it seems to be they email me. It's like an email, and it and it always seems like the right kind of project, and then it just happens. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and what's the schedule for documentary now? Have you guys started work on the next season? No, or? I think we're gonna rest for a minute. Take a breather. Take a breather for a year or something. We'll see what happens after that. But we wanted it to feel not like a job. Yeah. Like, let's just make these special, take our time. Well, they, they definitely feel and, like and that. And Bill's got a show going on at HBO this year, so he's going to do that. Right. And uh, and Mr. Mulaney's doing a great show on Broadway. Oh, hello. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Um, Broadway ambitions for you? What do you want to do? Never. Really? No. I admire I, that you know what you don't want to do as much as you know what you want <clears> to do. Yeah, I mean, like, kind of, you know, because I, first of all, that they did it right. I like their show. I just don't know the world of Broadway enough to right. know how to get there. Um, there are enough great Broadway shows. Gotcha. Well, keep making great television. Thank you. And doing what you do. I'm such a fan, as I said. Portlandia, now in, in its seventh season on IFC, going strong. Everybody should check it out. Uh, you know it, you love it. And uh, I can't wait to see what's in store the rest of the season and documentary now and at Seth. And um, as I said, I'm a great admirer and I, I really appreciate you coming by today, man. Thank you. And uh, I want to say to all the listeners out there, please listen to this podcast. Please, no, no, it, well, Fred, please that, listen. Fred. Um, if you're tuning in, uh-huh. don't change that. Dial, I guess it. Well, it doesn't of, even matter. I mean, that's besides the point because they're now at the end of the podcast. So if they, if why would they be listening to the last minute? Because it's not the end of the podcast. Keep listening. No, there's going to be silence for half an hour, and way at the end, we've got a couple surprises. See you there. Okay, well, let's talk off mic about this. But um, thanks for listening. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.